Hey, it's Mark Shifley here. You're listening to the Jet Centric Podcast. Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to the Jet Centric Podcast, episode 97. My name is Brady. I'm one of the guest co-hosts here on Jet Centric, and I'm just going to be giving you guys a quick little introduction to the show today. First off, we do have an awesome interview coming for you guys between Liss and our special guest, Ben LaHovey, two-time Olympic medalist in women's hockey for Finland. Uh, Venla goes on to talk about her hockey career both as a player and as a coach. Uh, she describes what her experience was like playing and living in Winnipeg. And, uh, of course, her being from Finland, we couldn't pass up the opportunity to talk about our dear friends Timu Solani and Patrick Laine. So basically, I'm going to get you guys passed over to Liz here in just a short minute. But before I do, I just have a couple things I need to cover for housekeeping. Uh, First off, coming to the 2021 season will be a rule change to offside. Uh, Previously, in order to stay onside or to tag up to be onside, a player had to have their foot over the blue line and touching the ice. Uh, The touching the ice part of that rule will now be removed. A player now only has to have their foot over the plane of the blue line. Uh, in order to be onside. So when it comes to offside reviews for goals, um, no longer will refs be trying to decide whether a goal was good or not because the player had his skate two millimeters off the ice rather than touching when the when the play entered the zone. Um, so honestly, this is, is, is a great rule change, uh, and we'll see the effects of this in the coming season. Second off, just another thing for housekeeping, just wanted to wish everyone out there a happy holidays. And uh, of course, we are approaching the most wonderful time of the year. That, of course, is not the holidays, but rather World Junior Hockey starting on Christmas Day, December 25th between, uh, I believe, the United States and Russia. Either way, all I know, I'm going to be following Canada like I do every year. Um, but especially this year because they do have 10th overall pick by the Jets, Cole Perfetti on their third line. Looks like he's going to be playing with both Connor McMichael and Peyton Krebs, both two really skilled players, so it'll be interesting to see what kind of magic he can create with those guys. Then, of course, I'll be having my eye on Finland as well. Uh, Jets having two prospects, both Vili Hainola as well as Henri Nikonen will be playing in the tournament this year, so I'm extremely excited to watch and see what those guys can do for Finland. Either way, I'm going to pass you back over to Liss now for that awesome interview with Ben Lahovi. Just a reminder, please do uh, follow us on Twitter at JetCentric. Uh, and of course, please enjoy the show. Have yourself a great one. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the JetCentric podcast. It's Liss here, and I am joined by a super special guest, Ms. Ben Lahovi. I am so excited to have you here, Ben Lahovi. Thanks for agreeing to meet with me today. Hi everyone. It's uh, I'm just as excited to be be on here, and uh, and it's so fun to have the chance to kind of go back to my time in Winnipeg. Yeah. So I just thought that maybe we would sit down today, talk about sort of Venless history for some of you who may not know um, her entire story, much about her, and she's had a lot of connections with. Uh, the U of M with the Bisons, uh, with Winnipeg. She is from Tampere, so we also have Winnipeggers that we adore that are from Tampere. So, um, yeah, we'll kind of just go through, learn all about you, what you're doing now, what your, you know, your Olympic experience, your coaching experience, playing experience, all that kind of good stuff. So, um, I was just starting thinking maybe we could start with learning about how you got here. What was your kind of journey growing up playing hockey, and how did you end up in 700,000 people, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Yeah, so I I started skating when I was two, joined a boys team when I was four, uh, 
pretty much fell in love with hockey as soon as I started skating and I, I followed the footsteps of my older brother. Enjoyed the speed and the competitiveness and, and loved playing with the boys growing up. Um, that's kind of, it was sports overall was my whole life outside of going to school and, and all the rest of it. And yeah, I, I feel like, like ever since I remember my, my goal was to play in the NHL and till that kind of <laughs> hit me that that's not possible. I started dreaming about playing in the Olympics and never really lose. Yeah. I never really lost sight of that on my journey and and uh, I actually, after the Sochi Olympics 2014, I, I was kind of thinking about maybe I won't play hockey anymore. And I had a year off and then started getting phone calls and, and emails from different teams from Canada West. And, and after having that year off and starting to miss hockey again, I was like, I'm not done yet. I need to, I need to continue playing and I still love the game and... Um, and then I was like, I can't stay in Finland. I've seen the league there. I needed something new. And after having conversation with conversations with different schools and what I wanted to study, uh, U of M was just the best fit for me and I had the best feeling about it. So that's kind of how I chose to come to Manitoba. That's awesome. It's great that, uh, we have things that we can offer to people from all over in the world. So, um, so you came here in 2014, is that what you said? Uh, 2015. So 2014, 2015, I was, I didn't play at all. And then started playing again, 2015, when I moved to Winnipeg. Nice. Okay. So that was, and you played for a couple years with the Bisons? Uh, three years in total. Nice. Okay. And then you did some coaching with them as well, right? Afterwards? Yeah. So after, after I was done in, in Manitoba, I went to play my last year of hockey in Calgary for the Calgary Inferno in the CWHL. And started kind of coaching on the side too, doing some video coaching and, and stuff like that for the Bisons and really enjoyed the team the whole time I was there. And it was a great opportunity for me to continue uh, being in the, in the game in terms of coaching at the same time while I was playing professionally. And then the year after that, when I retired from playing, I... I was one of the assistant coaches and was actually able to be at practices and with the team every week. So um, then my journey continued coaching with them. That's awesome. So do you want to touch a little bit on your um, professional career in Calgary? We'll start with that. I um, So in the CWHL, how many years did you play there? Was that just a couple? And uh, what did you do? What was it like? It was just it was just one year. So I knew I knew when I was done in Winnipeg that I wanted to play for one more year. Uh, the, the worlds were in 2019 were in Finland. So I thought that making it on that team would be my last kind of thing that I wanted to do and, and wanted to train to be able to be on that team and end it at home, uh, which I was super glad that I continued playing for that one more year. Went to play in Calgary, chose to go there because some of the best players in the world also were playing for that team. So I still was craving that challenge of having to fight for ice time. Uh, any little bit that I could get better, I thought would happen on that team, just being able to challenge myself on a daily basis against those players. And 
Yeah, I really enjoyed my time. Uh, it was different for me because it was the first year that I actually just played hockey before I always worked and I, I studied and super busy from the morning till, till late night. And that was such an interesting year. I struggled quite a bit actually just playing hockey and I realized how much time off professional players have and I wasn't used to it. So it was kind of like the battle of trying to fill in my days and just be able to relax and recover and so kind of a different year, but really cool experience for me to get to do that my very last year of playing hockey. And that was probably neat, hey, when you're thinking about you when you were a kid, you wanted to play in the NHL, and that's what they do. They just play hockey. So I guess you kind of got a bit of a taste of that uh, that real, that professional, live, breathe hockey, no other job, no other school kind of thing. So that was probably kind of neat. Yeah, it was, it was really neat. And I think if I was able to do that my whole career – I think it would have been obviously easier for me, but, you know, being over 30 years old and always work two jobs, doing studies and, and, you know, living, living life on the side there, being super busy. I, um, I really wanted to experience that where I could just play hockey and, and being able to do that as hard as it was in the end, it was really a cool experience to notice how different it is. Yeah, that's really neat. So yeah, you were talking about how you've had lots of jobs and you had your school. So you have um, a couple degrees, right? For the U of M, you got some. Uh, you you have an education degree or something about teaching second language. Like, what kind of what's your schooling background and kind of why did you choose that path? Um, so I have a communications degree from home in Finland, and then I continued my studies in linguistics master's program at U of M. And then somehow uh, got into an ESL course at U of M and I, I absolutely loved it. So I, I decided to kind of change my route there and, and started taking more ESL classes and graduated as an ESL teacher from U of M. That's awesome. And has that kind of helped you in your coaching uh, career with different people who speak you know, English as a second language? Um, it has that kind of and, and and education overall it's so similar to coaching and actually a lot of a lot of the things that I learned in classroom and and language learning is all about getting out of your comfort zone as well as hockey coaching so I, there's a lot of things that are very similar uh, whether you're in the classroom or if you're on the ice so I hope I one day get to also work as a teacher but for now I'm still full-time in hockey so we'll see what happens right so your uh your journey's taking you into uh Penticton right now right that's what you're doing so can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing there and the coaching that you're doing with the girls there yeah so I work for the Okanagan Hockey Academy I'm the head coach for the U17 female prep team so full-time hockey um obviously very different year this year being a head coach for the first time to begin with and then and then COVID on top of that which <laughs> changes everything almost every day there's there's some sort of changes that I have to adjust uh, whether it comes to practices or changes in the schedule and and games and and all of it but um yeah really was not prepared to come here to be honest the opportunity uh, surprised me a little bit and and but I'm super grateful I I was able to grab onto the opportunity and move on and and start my journey kind of learning and and throwing myself to the unknown of being a head coach for the first time that's awesome so this might be a bit of a 
a tougher question to think about, but uh, when you started coaching your first coaching job, is there any kind of advice that you'd wish you'd had before you started or something that was like you've learned along the way that is good advice to give to other people who are in coaching positions or looking to be in any kind of coaching position? Um, I don't know if I have like one advice. Uh, something I would say though is just get involved. Uh, get involved when you're coaching in university, get involved when you're coaching or, or sorry, playing in university. Just if, if there's a minor hockey team that you can go on the ice, uh, help someone else out, kind of learn to coach already from a young age. I feel like all that experience is going to pay off in the end. And then you get to actually know whether you enjoy it or not. And, uh, for myself, I kind of started coaching later on and I wasn't sure if that's going to be my thing or not. And so I do believe that, especially this year, being a head coach and obviously I was a little nervous to start, but I, I do think that you just you have to do it to be able to learn it as much as I try and learn from others. And I ask questions at work all the time from other people that are around me that have been coaches for 20 years. But in the end, I have to I have to figure out who I am as a coach. I have to figure out my way and how I want to run my team. So um, I think just throwing yourself out there and, and not being too worried about being perfect, uh, that's just the best way to learn. Yeah, that's really awesome. And I think it's good to uh, yeah keep that in mind as you go about probably lots of things in life. Yeah, keep asking questions, but make sure you're, you know, doing what you want to do and learn from that kind of thing that's neat um so you worked with the Jets for a little bit right so we love talking about the Jets or all things Jets so what was kind of your experience with them sort of walk me through what you did when you worked with the True North yeah so I was with the Jets hockey development obviously a little little separated from the Jets NHL team so we basically got clients from learn to skate tiny little kids all the way up to professional hockey players. So anything in between, um, just a really, really cool year for myself after retiring from hockey and being able to get that opportunity right away to get into coaching and, and the people that I worked with, I learned so much from. And I think the biggest thing that I took away from the job was, how I was able to be on the ice with all different skill levels, all different ages, boys and girls, uh, just as a, as an experience for that full year, um, just having the opportunity of being on the ice with so many different types of people and, and different levels was really, it was really cool to learn. So I'm just, I'm comfortable going on the ice now with basically anyone and adjusting my coaching based on their age and, and skill level and, and all the rest of it. That's awesome. Yeah. And that probably helped you as you went into your coaching position with the 17 year old girls, you probably transferred some skills from there. So that's great that you can apply. To I at least had a, had a good understanding of that age group and, and, kind of what they're capable of doing and and what level they're at and approaching the job and having that knowledge for sure has helped me out a lot yeah that's awesome so I want to go back to your playing career a little bit because you have two Olympic medals which isn't something most people can say and you also have like what three four um, world championship medals too talk about your uh, your international playing experience like what's that all about how fun was that 
Yeah, like I said, it, it those dreams kind of started and and started when I was really young. I I always had it so clear on my mind where I'm going to go with it. And I never let anything that was on my way to stop me from getting there. I never hesitated. I never I never doubted myself. Uh I just kept going because I I knew I don't know. It was almost like meant to be. I knew what I loved doing and I knew I was I was good at it and and I loved working hard towards something like that. Um and then it it did pay off and I started getting into camps at a pretty young age. I think I was 12 or 13 when I first went into a national team camp with under uh 22 year olds in Finland. And um uh, yeah, kind of step by step slowly kept getting more ice time and and getting stronger and getting a bigger role on those those teams and um and then 2007 I I played my first world championship tournament funny enough in Winnipeg and ever since played till 2019 so it was it was quite the journey for sure and and something that I will there's so many good memories with the players that I played with on team Finland and and the journey that we were on together for the full time for the full time that I was there uh it's just something very unique and something that I'm just so grateful that I was able to be part of yeah that's awesome what is the most like intense game that you have ever played like was it an olympic game like one of those like really high pressure like this is sort of what you've been working towards your whole life kind of thing was it one of the bronze medal games or was it uh, a qualifying game in a different in university or as a youth what's like kind of the most intense situation you've ever been in as a game um There's there's obviously a lot of those along the way. Uh maybe to mention a couple, I would say number one for sure would have been my last two games of my career. So everything kind of ended in in Finland at the Worlds. Those were my last games and playing in front of a home crowd and and for the first time in history beating Canada in the semifinals to move on to the finals uh was something that it was unbelievable like playing for team finland for so long and and always having it on the back of my mind of we're going to get there one day we're going to go to the finals and it's not going to be us canada it's going to be us and one of those two teams and it was year by year you end up in the bronze medal game which i'm not saying that it's it's easy to get there you have to beat so many other countries to play in the bronze medal game but you always work towards playing in the finals and everyone's always like oh it's going to be US and Canada and then on my mind I'm like oh no it's not going to be it's not going to always be that way and then when it finally happened beating Canada in my second well it was my second last game and then playing against the US in the finals those two games were for sure the most intense games that I've play- ever played in of having the rush of like every single player actually believing that we can do this and um going there and that happening was for sure something that I will always remember but also a lot of lots of moments from the Bisons too and and U of M and we played in games where um we we won a game in 
I think I'm trying to remember which game it was, but we played five overtimes against U of S one time to uh, continue in the playoffs. So there was actually, I remember scoring two goals in the game and there was five hours between those two goals. And then, and then my last year with the Bisons, we played another game that was four overtimes against U of A, extremely, a really, really good team in, in U sports history. University of Alberta and then we ended up beating them in the in the semis to move on to the Canada West finals and then kept going all the way uh, when we won the national championship in 2018 so those games are always something that I will remember just because of how long they were and how exhausted everyone was but still battling through to win those games that's awesome yeah that's like making me think of that uh that Columbus game this year that was just so long. I can't even imagine five hours though. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I um I thought that was really neat when you were talking about, yeah, that the intensity of that uh, world championship your last year and you got to play at home. Can you imagine what that would be like for little girls who were like you, you said growing up, you said you wanted to play in the NHL, little girls who are the same way. And they say, I want to be a professional hockey player and they can look at you and they say, that's who I want to be. That's got to be pretty special. Yeah, for sure. It's it's just it all comes down to always when I when I do any type of stuff with younger girls. Every time I go to work uh, to teach those girls and 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 coach my team, I always think about myself when I was at their age. I always go back to when I first started playing hockey and and all those comments of people trying to push you down that you shouldn't play hockey. It's not for girls and all that negativity and kind of now where I'm at with girls and, and encouraging them and pushing them to just be, just keep going, not to listen to anyone, just, you know, we're allowed to play and we're strong and we're good. And that's kind of always that, I don't know, it makes me cry when I think about it. Cause I, I never had anyone growing up that I could look up to a female player that I even knew and it makes me so happy now that with bigger numbers and, and how far female hockey has gone, that those little girls that are able to get on the ice and they have dreams that they can, they can go for and, and dream about anything right now almost. And, and that's, that's what makes me super happy and, and makes my job so meaningful as well. Yeah, and it's got to be really special to know that you're one of those big trailblazers and one of those big names from where you're from like it's got to be pretty special so I think that's really awesome and it's really good to uh have people like you come and talk um to people who may not um know a ton about uh female Finnish hockey hockey players and just chat with you about um all the things that you've overcome and all the places you've gone and what you've done for women's hockey and I just think it's really interesting uh so when you were in Winnipeg was there anything about here that you just really liked something that made it feel kind of homey to you something that you thought was really interesting or what kind of sticks out in your brain when you remember your time in Winnipeg not even about hockey necessarily just about being here generally speaking uh I think what was very relatable for myself coming from Finland Finns are always kind of said to be the 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 more quiet ones and and sort of down-to-earth humble people and I feel like within Canada I feel like those people are in Winnipeg always the the thought of like 
everyone always says so many negative things about Winnipeg. And I feel like that's almost in people's minds that live there that we're not as good as someone else. And I felt like I was kind of right at home in a weird way, surrounded by these people that were very welcoming, super friendly, always helped me out if I needed anything, but also just very down to earth, which made me feel home. And I feel like I will always say it, that number one thing for me in Winnipeg was the people and people make your life great overall. That's why I really enjoyed my time there. That's awesome. That's what you always love to hear because I feel like we can't, you know, as Winnipeggers compete with the size of other places and some of the things that they have to offer, but just offering, you know, good people is probably a pretty, it's a good thing to be proud of, you know, so that's uh that's awesome to know that someone who may not have been born here can come here and feel that sense of community. For sure. Yeah, so when you were growing up, who were some of the hockey players that you put on a pedestal and you were like, this is who I want to be? Who are some of your biggest heroes growing up? Uh, Pavel Bure was for sure one of them. Uh, it would have been Saku Koivu throughout my whole hockey career growing up that I, I really looked up to and 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 older to as well as a leader how how he was and and treated his teammates and uh, led the Montreal Canadiens so he would have been one then obviously Teemu Selanne coming from Finland I don't think there's anyone from my age group that wouldn't have looked up to him and it was also special coming to Winnipeg and and seeing how everyone was still so thrilled about me coming there from Finland because of Temu and how Temu was there and everybody loved him so it was it was really cool to see but he was definitely one of those people too that I uh, always looked up to and if I played outside I always wanted to be either Saku Koivu, Temu Selänne or Pavel Bure, one of those three. It's funny Venla I just I have a text from my mom on my phone right now she's in the kitchen and she texted me she says does she have any connection to Timu? Has she met him? <laughs> we, uh, years later, we, we adore him. We just think he's the best. So have you ever met Timu Slomi? Yes, I have. And, and, and he played in the Vancouver Olympics, so where I played my first Olympics as well. So got to, you know, hang out with him too and, and talk to him. And having those conversations with someone like him when you grow up just looking up to someone like him it, it was it was so cool to see and, and realize that oh I'm here now and I'm actually he's playing here and I'm playing here and it's just so surreal in the moment yeah that would have been incredible because in that moment you guys are one in the same mm-hmm. you're team Finland and he's team Finland and you're the same yeah. and that's that's what every kid who grows up playing hockey dreams of being an equal with the person they look up to so that's got to be pretty special yeah for sure and and like I said him too just such a such a nice easygoing guy if you talk to him you would never think that he's he's this massive superstar just a person that treats everyone really well and equally and something that I really admire too yeah and those are the people you remember too right like that's the reason that he was so beloved in Winnipeg is that you know you remember people who are good and people who you know, treat 
your city like it's home and that's what you've done and that's what he's done and I just think that's really awesome for us uh, small towners to hear that from people who are so worldly like you and him too so that's awesome for sure and and always always to remember too is if you go somewhere open-minded you never know what comes out of it but if you go somewhere with a bad attitude already hating it before you're even there it's probably not going to end up being a special place in your lifetime so I, I always find out that every place has its specialties whatever it is and if you have an open mind you'll figure it out and and make home anywhere yeah I think that's a really good attitude to go into with your if you're moving somewhere if it's your career or something that's bringing you to another province or country that's a really good attitude and I like that um so yeah you and Patrick Laine are both from Tampere Finland so how big is Tampere? What's it like? Do you and Patrick Laine maybe have any similarities about how you grew up in the Minor Hockey Association or what uh, any Patrick Laine connections that you got? Uh, yeah, so so Tampere is, it's a big city in Finland, but it's only 250,000 people, uh, yet it kind of feels bigger than, for example, Winnipeg. Uh, it's more so because of the how European cities are built. So downtowns are big and, and really livable, walkable. There's lots to do, lots to see. So in that sense, even though there's not that many people, it does feel bigger than most uh, North American cities just because of how the city is, is structured. But uh, I believe we grew up at least having a very similar lifestyle playing a lot of sports and playing outdoors and and uh Finns especially kids are very active people and enjoy outdoors and and I think what's what makes Finnish hockey players successful is because they can play multiple sports they're not just focusing on one at a young age so I think that's kind of what brings both of us together and and many other Finnish hockey players as well um, the only, the, the one thing, biggest thing that separates us though, is the city is sort of divided into two. So there's two major hockey teams that play in the same city and those are Ilves and Tappara. And I played for Ilves and he played for Tappara. So we would have been on, um, uh, the enemy side. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. But, um, one of, one of the, my, and, and he's much younger than I am, but one of my uh, teammates for, from Team Finland, Petra Nieminen, really, really good, talented young player. She actually played most of her years growing up in the, playing in the same line, sometimes with him too for Tappara. So I, that was kind of my fun connection of just seeing how, how talented and good those younger generations are. And that also showed in her. And, and I thought there was a lot of similarities between her and, and Lina. And I don't know if it's because they played together, but um, there are a lot of, lot of similarities, which was fun to notice. That's neat. I, uh, I'm just remembering now, too, um, when I... Oh, I didn't say this on the podcast yet, but I went to a... Um, speaking at a presentation about girls' careers in sports, and I was lucky enough to attend, and that's kind of why I reached out to set this up and I remember when I was listening to you speak I was like where have I seen like because I knew who you were because I go to the U of M so I knew that you had gone there as well but I had forgotten about in March um when we had the um the gender equality night at the Jets game and you were one of the people who dropped the puck with 
I believe it was Sarah Lesky and Sammy Joe Small and Norva Riddell, I think it was. So yes. what was that like being there for uh, for that? Oh, it was amazing. I It was honestly some of the best days of my life, mostly because of those three strong female leaders. And I was the rookie of the group. And playing hockey for being over 30 years old, uh, especially in female hockey, not many uh, players play till that, um, I, I don't want to say old, but older. So it was so amazing for me to get to know them and, and hang out with them for two days and, and be the rookie of the group. And the amount of lessons I learned throughout those two days, that was the best part of it for sure. And then obviously kind of bittersweet was the moment when I walked onto the ice for the puck drop because of it brought all those memories back from 2007 when I played my first Worlds there. And, and I was also in front of a full rink when we played teams like Canada and, and the U.S. And, and for me back then, having that many people and playing in front of them was very overwhelming. <laughs> but it was so cool that it was almost like a full circle where I started there, I played, and then I did the puck drop. It was really a cool experience. That's awesome. That's a really special for, for Winnipeg to get to be the home for someone as, you know, as accomplished as you to, you know, feel that about our city and get all those experiences through us. It's really, um, it's makes us very happy and it makes you happy too, which is neat. Would you mind sharing one or two of the lessons that you felt you learned from that weekend from with those women? Well, I think the biggest thing was I thought after everything kind of I've gone through in my especially my hockey career and all those obstacles I've just I've had to just walk past and and continue with confidence and determination and when I was with those three I felt like they were way more confident than I was they were standing way more kind of straight than I was and and just that experience and noticing their journey has been longer than mine. We had a lot of similarities, but it was just so cool to notice what that experience has done for them um, compared to mine. I just felt like I got so much confidence being with them and, and them encouraging me to, you know, just keep keep going. Even though I thought, I oh, I've done this and I've done that and I, I've played at a high level, but then they sort of made me believe how much more I have to shoot for in life overall. And I think that was the kind of coolest thing to see was just being with them and how confident they were was incredible. That's awesome. I think, yeah, like so many of the things you've said, it's really good. It's a good life lesson to kind of take with you as you go. So um, what do you think is kind of next up for you? Like what are your, your new goals that you have in sight, you know, you've accomplished the things that you wanted to do when you're a kid, but there's always, you know, more to do. Now you're a head coach. And what are you thinking is something else that you're kind of striving to do in your life? Uh, there's so much on my mind that it's hard to just mention one thing. To be honest, as it was a whirlwind playing hockey and, and living that extremely busy lifestyle, I'm still busy. I feel like that's who I am. 
but I feel like I'm also giving myself a break in a way of just trying to focus on today and focus on doing my job as well as I can, learning every day. If I can learn from a coworker, if I can learn from one of my players, learn something about myself, I think I'm trying to give myself just the time right now to just go slowly through every single day and not just look for the future all the time of, of shooting for some bigger goal. So I would say I, I don't really, I don't really know where this coaching road is taking me. I'm just focusing on just getting better at it every single day. That's great. And I think that's, that's really nice. That's a good uh, way to think about things. It doesn't always have to be about uh, the big what's next kind of thing. You're just really appreciating what you have now. And I like that. And then, and last summer I ran my first own hockey camp back home in Finland. So it's under uh, the brand VH hockey. And, and I just wanted to bring something cause I've been in Canada now for five years and, and all my friends are jerping me. Why don't you come here and coach a little bit too, and not just coach those Canadians. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I yeah, the competition better. Exactly. So I put together a hockey camp and, and was able to run it last summer, which was really lucky with COVID and everything uh, with a smaller group. But it was so rewarding. It was so fun to go back home and, and be able to help out players there. And I had boys and girls mixed group uh, those three day, days that I ran the hockey camp. And, and that's definitely something that I want to keep growing and, and working on on the side of my full-time job of bringing that camp back to Finland in the summer again, bringing more kids in now that the first time went well and it was successful. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of like a, like a side uh, hobby on the side of my, my full-time job that I also want to keep growing and, and expanding and kind of seeing where that, that will take me to. Nice. So you kind of mentioned the word hobby there. Are there any things that you kind of like to do that have nothing to do with hockey? Just kind of like a random hobby or interest that you've picked up over the years that's sort of nothing to do with your career? There's there's so many things. I, I love everything. <laughs> that's kind of my problem with time, how busy I am. But I, I love the outdoors. So whether it's, whether it's hiking, being active... Uh, in the summer here in Penticton, how beautiful it was to go kayaking, swimming in the lake. Uh, I used to snowboard when I was a teenager competitively, actually. And, and now that I'm here and having the mountains around, I can't wait to go snowboarding again. So just trying to spend as much time outdoors as I can, especially on the weekends now that uh, we can't play because of COVID. I'm trying to be a lot outdoors and and have that day once a week where I I don't think about hockey as hard as it is <laughs> that's neat yeah no kidding if you like the outdoors and you like hiking and snowboarding then BC is the place to be that's yeah. awesome I'm really happy for you that you ended up there yeah yeah that's really neat and I think it's yeah no I'm so happy to have been able to connect with you and learn about all these neat things that you've done do you kind of have any parting words that you'd like to leave with our listeners or any kind of last thoughts that uh, I didn't cover with any of my questions? Um, maybe just going back to Winnipeg and, and now that we had this conversation, obviously you sometimes move on and you leave things kind of behind, but 
but just reminded me of all my good friends back there. Um, all of that that I created and how big of a role Winnipeg played in where I am right now as a person and in my career and, and all the rest of it. So just, just wanted to really thank everyone there again of um, being part of it and, and giving me that opportunity to grow and, and just encouraging all Winnipeggers not to be so humble about it. Winnipeg's really unique and, and a great place to, great place to be for sure. Well, and I think those are great words to end on. That's really a nice thing to hear. And I'm really glad you feel that way because you're right. Sometimes we are a little hard on the place we live, but there are a lot of good things about it. And yeah, so thank you so much for coming out and chatting with me today. This has been really, really fun. It's my first interview that I've ever done. And I was really happy to get up. That's awesome. It was great. (laughs) So yeah, thanks so much for all the interesting stories and the good advice that you've given us and um yeah keep well stay safe and I hope you have a great rest of the holiday season oh my gosh I can start saying Merry Christmas I hope you have a Merry Christmas (laughs) Merry Christmas as well staying uh staying safe and in a in a small group for sure of course (laughs) thank you so much thank you I'm Kurt Kilbach, and thank you for listening to the Jet Centric Broadcast.